This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you would do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you meditate? Would you go for a run? Maybe you'd just like to rest for a while or take a nap. Therapy can help you find and prioritize what matters most so you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, develop coping skills, alter negative behaviors, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash insight hour today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash insight hour. Welcome to the Joseph Goldstein Insight Hour. This podcast is an expression of our shared interest in self-discovery. Join Joseph as he shares his deep knowledge of the path of mindfulness. If you are interested in supporting this podcast, please go to BeHereNowNetwork.com slash Joseph. It's good to be with all of you here again. Guess many of you were here last night as well. Um, the idea for today is to have it more of a practice day. Um, as you know, there are many different styles of meditation and many different nuances of instructions. Um, and my own temperament leads me to. Uh, kind of synthesize the different uh, suggestions and techniques that I found helpful. So today you'll be getting something of a mishmash. Is that in French somehow? (laughs) Uh, Of a way of practice, you know, and most of it will be familiar to you. But I'd like to emphasize today not only the technique or the techniques of mindfulness, you know, and what it is that we should be paying attention to, but also what we learn from being mindful. Because mindfulness is really just the first step. It's becoming attentive to what's arising. And as we saw last night, there are many nuances to how we're being attentive. Are we being attentive with openness? Are we being attentive with aversion? Are we being attentive with grasping? And so we want to really see and examine to establish a baseline of mindfulness or awareness with whatever's arising, along with that balance of mind, that openness of mind, that equanimity, you know, that's not pushing things away, that's not holding on. And then from that place of awareness, of balanced awareness, what is it that we're learning? What are we seeing about the nature of our experience? Because that's the wisdom piece. Mindfulness gets us there. And then when we look through being mindful, we begin to see the deeper nature of our experience, of all the things that are arising, how they're arising, 
uh, different levels of it. And so during the day, I'll just point at various times to both classical insights that arise for everybody, but also uh, just some things that I have been noticing and practicing uh, in my own meditation over these last years. When I go on retreat, almost always there's just some new angle, you know, some new understanding that arises. Maybe it's from just a single line in a text that I might have read many, many times, but this time, you know, it takes on a new meaning and transforms my practice in a certain way. Uh, so I'd just like to share some of those during the course of the day and see if they're helpful for you as well. So we'll begin as we began last night, you know, taking a comfortable seated posture. And one advantage of this kind of seating uh, uh, is that uh, I think if they're reasonably comfortable for you, uh, you can really relax. You know, you can, you can settle back into a certain ease of the posture, at the same time maintaining a certain quality, I, I call it a quality of dignity in it. You know, so you're not just kind of slumping over. Or you're sitting and might be quite comfortable and relaxed, but, you know, it feels as if the spine is upright and there's a quality of alertness in the mind and in the body. So it's both the phrase I use in describing the practice, it's to be relaxed but not casual. You know, so there's, there's, a, there's a certain intentionality to how we're sitting. So just as a preface to these first instructions, very often meditation instructions in Vipassana inside meditation uh, begins with the body and the breath. This is very common because it's very noticeable. It's a very easy uh, object of experience to connect with. You know, we all have bodies and we can all feel the body and everybody breathes uh, until they don't. And so this is a very basic fundamental way of establishing mindfulness. But there are different ways of attending to the breath. And I just wanted to mention two of them. You can experiment with both. <clears throat> as we settle into the body, as we did last night, <clears throat> there is a phrase in the Buddha's discourse on the foundations of mindfulness. In Pali, it's called the Satipatthana Discourse. So this is the fundamental teaching on mindfulness. And there's one phrase in it that a few years ago was one of those phrases that kind of jumped out at me as I was on retreat. And I started using it in a different way, and it changed the way I practiced. So I just wanted to suggest it to you in case uh, you haven't heard it on some of the uh, talks. <coughs> there is a phrase where the Buddha says, 
be mindful, and then kind of in quotes, as if it's a direct statement, there is a body. Be mindful, quote, there is a body. Quote, to the extent necessary for clear knowing and continuous mindfulness. So this is the instruction. It's actually repeated quite often. So there are two elements in that instruction. One is, and this is what I found so helpful, to actually use the phrase silently in the mind, occasionally, there is a body. There is a body. There is a body. And I found it very helpful as a way of simply and very gently reminding the attention, yes, there is a body. Just settle, settle into the body. It's nothing complicated. It's nothing you need fantastic concentration for. It's just that awareness. There is a body. It provides a framework. That, that phrase provides a frame of the awareness of the body to then be aware of whatever is arising within it. And so this is one of the differences in how we can be attending to the breath. Because when we say there is a body, at a certain point, you will be feeling, you'll be noticing the body is breathing. That's part of what's happening in the body. Now generally the instructions, classically, the instructions have been more to zero in on the body, to really narrow the attention, to feel very precisely the rising and the falling of the abdomen or the in and out of the nose. So we can feel this kind of uh, attempt or effort to narrow the attention just to the breath. And this is a good way to practice. It really develops a strong and fine one-pointedness, you know, in that narrowness of attention. But I also found it very revealing and helpful at times not to narrow the attention, but to keep the wider frame, there is a body, and then simply within the frame, being aware that the body is breathing. So that there's not a zeroing in on the breath. We're keeping the wider context. But within that, the feeling of the body breathing also becomes clear. Is this difference clear? I think it would be interesting just for you to experiment and see. Uh, because I had been doing so many years on the narrowing of the attention, I found it uh, very helpful and revealing to not narrow the attention, to keep the frame of the whole body, and to do that by repeating the phrase occasionally, there is a body. Not, not every moment, but periodically, there is a body. And then simply settling in and feeling the body breathing within that. It may be that you'll find that is both more relaxed 
and that there is less tendency to influence the breath in some way. Because sometimes when we're zeroing, narrowing the attention on the breath, unconsciously, we may be pulling it a little bit, or pushing it, or influencing how we're breathing, right, in a very subtle way. But if we're using there is a body, just settle back and just allowing the body to breathe, you may find that there's less of that influence and the breath just becomes a natural function of the body sitting here. So I'd like to try, you know, and just have uh, some time of your experimenting with this so you get a, a taste of this possibility. Um, and then there are many things that can be discovered uh, once you have some feeling for this particular way of practice. Um, so are there any particular questions just about this instruction, not about anything else? Is it clear? Okay, so we'll, we'll sit for about know, uh, 10, 10, 15 minutes. And I'll occasionally just uh, repeat a few words reminding you. So I say sit and begin, just sit and know you're sitting. And intermittently use the phrase, there is a body, as a way of just settling into the feeling of the whole body. within that frame, but not zeroing in on it, be aware of the body breathing. The body breathes in, the body breathes out. Within the larger space, there is a body. In addition to feeling the body breathing, you may also be aware of different sounds. The ambient sounds in the room, the sound of my voice. Let them also be simple arisings in that space of awareness contained in the frame, there is a body. It's all arising effortlessly. 
the body breathing, different sounds. When you notice the mind wandering, getting lost in a thought or an image, as soon as you become aware of the mind wandering, simply notice that and come back to the awareness of the body sitting. There is a body. Reestablishing the connection. There is a body. Feeling the body breathing. Aware of different sounds. Be mindful, there is a body, just to the extent necessary for clear knowing. Be aware of it clearly, to the extent necessary for clear knowing and continuous mindfulness. If you can sustain the awareness, there is a body. Knowing the body breathing. Knowing sounds. Clear knowing, continuous mindfulness. Staying very relaxed, 
but not casual. If at times the mind feels inclined to narrow the attention just on the breath or a particular sensation, that also is fine to do. Can narrow the attention on that particular flow of sensation, the breath or other bodily sensations, and be with that for some time. And then again, open the field. You can really learn to be flexible with how you're using your attention. So before we move on to some of the ways of applying this in the walking meditation, 
just interested if you have any particular questions on the instructions or your experience in the sitting that we've just done. And if you do, you could come up to one of the mics. Question? Uh, I, I had the thought, uh, what is this, there is a body? You have thoughts, what is... This, there is a body. That's I wonder a, what thoughts you might have attached to that. That's a good thought to have. <laughs> what is this body? And it's going to be revealed as we do the walking. It will become clearer. Sorry, maybe I didn't express myself properly. Uh, I had the thought, what is this? There is a body. So what is this thought, there is a body? Maybe I'm not clear. So are you ask the thought, what is a body, well, is a thought. Yes, what is this thought, there, yes. So are, are you asking about what is the nature of a thought? Uh, no, it's, it felt uh, like um, I was uh, looking down on the body, thinking right. the thought. Okay, why don't I, I'm not sure I'm exactly understanding, but I think it may, my sense is it may be answered okay. as we continue a little bit. And if it doesn't, ask again. Uh, I just I just want to say, um, having meditated for, for, for many years and long periods of time. Close at, to the mic. Long periods of time. And this is just a 10-minute thing that we did. Um, my awareness was that when you kept saying there is a body, I felt like, stop, <laughs> because um, I realized the discomfort I have in my own body. And, and it's not necessarily a pain or an ache or anything like that. It's the discomfort of living at that time, in any case, in, in my body. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to share that. I, um... Right. Well, that's one of the things that's revealed in meditation are all the both conscious and unconscious attitudes we bring to our experience. You know, and so we're carrying a lot of conditioning about the body right. and how we feel about the body yeah. and our own bodies and being in a body. And so it's a big, rich arena. And just by this simple exercise of, okay, there's a body and settling in, a lot of this starts to reveal itself. Yeah. On that level, you know, you think you worked all that shit out already. <laughs> <laughs> it's still here. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But just, just to say that even though you are seeing some of the same old conditioning come up, it's possible, and it's possible to do this quite quickly, that a shift in your attitude about the conditioning can take place. So instead of, oh, here I am in the body again and I don't like it, it's some, some variation of that. If that's seen clearly, that attitude itself can be seen as just a passing thought, thought. where you're not 
you're not identified with it. And so actually you're freeing yourself from being locked in to that conditioning, even as it's happening. You see, it, oh yeah, there's, there's that conditioning, that's all it is. Um, so there's a lot, there's, there's a lot that will reveal itself. Thank you. I liked this one because I always had a problem understanding the very narrow instructions to follow your breath. I mm. never really got anywhere with that. Um, and as I was following this, I, thoughts would come up and I realized that um, you go where your thought goes. Like you actually feel like you're there. Your body has sensations based on whatever you're thinking. And then when you say, you know, there's a body, then you're back in your body. Mm. And you, it's like saying, be here now, <laughs> you know, and not be in some made-up yes. fantasy land or past or future or something that isn't going to happen and your body reacts yes, as yes. if it's happening. Yes. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, be before we start uh, doing the walking meditation, I just want to do a little exercise which will provide perhaps some kind of framework for different ways of paying attention in walking. Okay. So this is a very simple exercise, and many of you may be familiar with it. So if you just hold your hands together, just very simply. And pretend for a moment that you've never meditated. Right. You, you don't know anything about this. And maybe you even think it's a little weird. And then I or somebody comes up to you, again, you've never meditated, and asks, what are you feeling? I think for the non-meditator, the most normal response would be, I feel my hands. Right, or I feel my hands touching. Would you agree? I mean, that's kind of a normal response. Uh, but for meditators, it's a whole different story. Okay, so what do you feel? What do some of you feel? Burning. What? Burning in the index. Okay, burning in the index. Harmonious energy. Pulse. Tingling. Numbness. Okay. Pressure. All kinds of sensations, right? When you're on the level of feeling sensations, of pressure, of tingling, of pulse, of all the things you described, and you're simply feeling those sensations, what has happened to the notion of hand? This, the notion of hand has disappeared, right? And, and what we're really feeling are just those changing sensations. So this is itself is a very, even though it seems very simple, a very significant 
meditative move. Because the notion of hand is a concept. In other words, and it's a concept that comes a lot from a combination of what we see, the form of it, and the sensations that we're feeling. But we put it all together and create a concept. Oh, there's a hand, right? which is a mental construct. But when we're actually in the felt experience of what's going on, we see that hand disappears, and it's just these changing sensations. Why is this of any interest? And the reason this is a doorway to really deeper meditative insight When we're on the level of concept, hand, the concept doesn't change. I have a hand today, a hand yesterday, a hand tomorrow. And because the concept doesn't change, we live in the often unconscious assumption that the hand is something substantial in itself that's basically unchanging. We're not changing very much. There's a hand. And yet when we're on the level of direct experience of the sensations, we see that the sensations are changing. They're changing moment to moment. We begin to see that on that level, there's nothing substantial called hand. That that's a concept that we've created. And the concept suggests to us permanence. Whereas on the level of sensation and direct experience, we've dropped beneath the level of concept into what we're actually feeling, and that's when we're entering into the direct experience of this body, this whole body, as a flow of changing energy, changing sensation. Because the hand is just one representation of the experience of the whole body. You follow? So instead of, instead of feeling this body is something solid and stable and basically unchanging, even though it changes, we know it changes over time and ages, but not on a moment-to-moment level. And so because we're not seeing that moment-to-moment change of the energy system of the body, it's much, much easier to become attached to it. This is the body, it's pretty solid. Not only that, it's my body. And so we create a whole sense of I and mine because we haven't dropped to the level of just seeing our experience of the body being one of a flow of changing sensations. So is this clear so far? This is very important. And and, and this understanding can go very deep. The more we enter into the level beneath concepts, the more we explore the truth of the changing, ever-changing, rapidly changing nature, not only of the body, but of all experience. And so that really begins to change our relationship uh, to our lives. Okay, we'll be saying much more about this, but I just wanted to point out
the significance of this very simple shift. So in the walking, what I found, going back to the phrase, there is a body, it, it's, it's a little bit ironic in a way, because you would think using the phrase, there is a body, would lead you to the same understanding there is a hand. Right? Because body itself is a concept. However, my experience has been, and also working with lots and lots of meditators, using that phrase, there is a body, it's not meant as kind of a metaphysical statement that there is a body, that there is a substantial body. That's not the point of the phrase. The point of the phrase is simply to settle into that larger framework in which we can experience the changing flow, the changing nature of the sensations, the flow of sensations of the breath or of different sounds. So now we'll take some time for walking, and you can find some place, you know, in the building outside, maybe take, you know, 20 minutes or so to do some walking exercise. Basically, find some place uh, where you can walk back and forth, but it can be a longer distance. You don't have to necessarily be in just a, a short space. Whatever is comfortable for you. And I'd like you to notice these different levels of perception. So one level of perception is that, yes, there are feet and legs and a body and I'm walking. So just the normal, the normal conventional perception of what we're doing. So just become aware of that. And, and, and see if you can even become aware that somewhere in the mind there is an image or a form of the foot or leg. You know, it may not be, it may not be very conscious, but It's there, right? We have some sense of, yeah, there's a foot, there's a leg, just like normal, normal, normal people would say there is a hand. So be normal people for a while. <laughs> but then switch <laughs> and go from normal to meditative. And here's where it gets interesting using the phrase, there is a body when walking. And this is, you can be walking at a, you know, it doesn't have to be at a super slow speed, just even walking at a normal speed or slightly slower than normal. Drop the phrase and use the phrase, there is a body as you're walking, and pay attention to what you're experiencing as you use that phrase. Okay, so it's very similar to what you did in the sitting. There is a body, but then... You use that as a frame. Oh, yeah. The body is breathing and feeling those sensations. There's other sensations happening. There are sounds. The same thing in the walking. There is a body. It's just creating the frame. So then you're walking, and just be aware of what you're experiencing within that frame. And what... I think you may find, and this is, this is where it's just interesting, 
even though we're using the phrase there is a body to get us there, we begin to experience on the experience level there actually isn't a body. All we're experiencing, or the way I describe it, we're basically experiencing sensations in space. You know, that, that when we're on the level of actual sensations, not the form or the image of foot or leg. So we're walking, there is a body, let's create the frame, and then just see what you're experiencing. And you may experience that the body disappears. And the experience, just, just different sensations arising and passing in space, along with sounds, you know, and anything else that may be arising. Um, again, if at times it feels like your mind wants to narrow the attention, that's fine to do. You could drop into just the, the sensations of the foot or leg moving, where you're not holding the bigger frame, or just as if I were feeling the arm moving, and really very carefully feeling the sensations of movement, of what I'm pulling on. So it's very possible and fine to sometimes narrow the focus, but I'd like you to experiment somewhat with keeping the larger frame, in which you're simply allowing whatever sensations uh, to be there. Okay, I, this, this particular use of the phrase, there is a body, in the walking meditation, uh, really transformed my meditation. Because for 35 years, I had been narrowly focusing, you know, which brought its own benefit. You know, it brought it to a great depth. But this opened up to a whole different way just of understanding. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you would do if you had an extra hour in your day? Would you meditate? Would you go for a run? Maybe you'd just like to rest for a while or take a nap. Therapy can help you find and prioritize what matters most so you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, develop coping skills, alter negative behaviors, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash insighthour today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash insighthour.